electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. here at the Bank of America Financial Services Conference with the Bank of America CEO, Brian Moynihan. Thank you for having us here. Well, thank you for coming and uh, got hundreds of investors and a bunch of CEOs and others from companies giving their view of the future. So it's good that you could be here to help uh, put some of that out in the public domain. Okay, good. So let, let, let's talk about the view of the future. We got an inflation report widely discussed this morning. Seventh month in a row of cooling inflation, 6.4%. What, what's your assessment of how fast it can come down from here? Well, I think the, the question is sort of the sticky or not sticky components and the different elements, but the reality is the labor market is still strong, and you've heard uh, Chair Powell and others talk about that because you know, the reality is new claims for unemployment are low. There's a lot of talk about I'm not hiring as many people or I'm slowing down my hiring. There are layoffs, but you still don't see a major adjustment in terms of unemployment rate. And that job tightness, wage tightness and things is something they've got to see, but it's flattened out. And then rent is the other big one, and rent sort of has a seasonal pattern to it. And, you know, you think about school, school changing in September, rent starts. So you usually have a kick up and then you have rents come down and they came down twice the percentage. They usually fall in the latter part of the year and they're down in January. So that's coming in line, but it'll, it'll be slow to get through. So as you look forward, our team has a recession predicted. They've moved it out another quarter recently to start in the third quarter, fourth quarter, first quarter next year. They've lessened the impact. And I think people are sort of coalescing around this idea that maybe this thing is a not a soft landing, i.e. no recession, but maybe a more mild recession. And the delay is due to the strength of consumer and other things. But the Fed's going to have to get inflation where they want it, and that means they're going to hold rates higher. And that's the conundrum that's going around the market. But the big change was 0 to 5%. Yep. Yeah, the, the next incremental is not as big. And I think one of the Fed uh, voters a long time ago described it to me, one of the great ones, said, you know, this is like we're climbing a, a rock wall. It was handhold to handhold at points like this. You're just looking for the data and see what's happening. Everything's there's a grand scheme, but they've really got to react. And right now the data is saying is there, it's, it's softening, but it's not, be, it's not tilted down yet to the yeah. level or flattened out. No, but the market's all excited. Two more hikes. Then a pause, maybe even then some cuts. Is the market? We, we don't have any cuts there? this year. Uh, no cuts. Th yeah, and I think it takes. You're gonna have to make sure it's choked down because it's much higher than we've seen. I, you know, recently talked to a central bank head for, that's not a central bank head anymore. And he said we we died to try to get inflation over two percent. And so the idea is to get it back to where their targets will take some time to make sure they manage it. So as far as the economy is going, you said you moved out the recession call. Your team did. Consumer spending, you've got a good read on that. You, you said, I think six weeks ago, that January started strong. How, how has it been so far in early February, and what are you seeing now? So if you take like the first quarter of 22 versus the first quarter of 21, the rate of increase was you know, double digits, 14%, 12%, 13% type of numbers. That's now in the fourth quarter of 22 versus the fourth quarter of 21 falling to 5%. In January, it's picked back up a little bit. So year-to-date, you have 5 6%, which is very consistent with a 2% growth economy, very consistent with a you know, low inflation economy. And that's what it was sort of in 17, 18, 19. It kind of ran at that level. So it's, it's not going down anymore. It's not slowing down. It's actually 
year-to-year -year growth off a now a high base, and you actually look at it, it's, it's solid. And, and so that means consumers are in pretty good shape. They have money in accounts. They have a capacity to borrow. They have, they're employed, you know, three, three and a half percent mm. unemployment rate plus or minus. The wage growth is still relatively strong. Inflation is tough on people who are, the rate of goods is going, exceeding their wage growth. Um, and that should come back in line as, as they choke it down. But overall, the consumer is in very good shape in America. What about loan growth? Where are you seeing it strong and where are you seeing it slow down? Yeah, right now it's kind of bumping along it, because it, you know, the economy sort of flattened out in terms of expectation. Businesses are being careful. Um, and so what do they borrow for? They borrow for to you know, invest in people, invest in plant, invest in uh, inventories and all that. They're trying to make sure that, that they're right on that. And that's been interesting. So line usage has flattened out a little bit. But we have mid single digits and we're sort of consistent with that. But the overall market sort of flattish in loans, uh, you know, this H8 data that comes out every week or so, you see it. But it's, it's kind of bumping along now. And so we're seeing a little bit of growth in the commercial businesses, flatness in the consumer businesses, and then in the markets business, that's, that goes up and goes down, depending on what's going on. What about housing, which has been hurt by the higher mortgage rates, but some signs of maybe stabilization there as mortgage rates have come off the highs? Well, that's, I mean, we were going along in housing. We got back after the financial crisis. It fell back to sort of the 3% long-term rates. Then it spiked after in the pandemic as everybody ran for different question. It, well, it fell first and then spiked back up, and now it's tipping back down. And so I think it's going to get back in a healthier balance. The, the rate structure move hits housing fast, and now you're you know, since that started last summer, you know, in earnest at you know, last year this time, you're now a year away from it. And so the first big moves in mortgages started slowing down housing. And now you're seeing a stability in sort of mortgage production. But it's down dramatically from where it was prior to the pandemic. And, and it should be. I mean, that's, that's what the Fed's trying to do, trying is cool do down it. housing. Yeah. It, it's a measure of wealth and it's a measure of inflation that they need to cool down. And they've, they're doing a bit. That happens first because it's so rate sensitive. So we're here at an investor conference. Obviously, you're talking to a lot of investors. Over the last three months or so, the, the bank's stock performance is higher, but you have lagged. Your stock yeah. is lower over the last three months. What, what is the issue? What are you hearing? Yeah, we're up, I don't know, 7% or something year to date. It, I think the issue is we're the most sensitive to the interest rate predictions out there. And so and we've, there was a belief that I would grow in all the industry. What's happened is the, the balance of deposits you know, were flattish third to fourth quarter, have drifted down in the industry by a couple of percent. That's because the money's going into other investment vehicles that have higher rates to them, and it should. In, in, in corporate balances and wealth management balances. So that our company is so driven by deposits that creates more around it. But we had a big run up you know, in the year leading yeah. into last year uh, into 22. On higher rates. And, and on higher rates and enthusiasm than the concerns. But we're, we're doing fine. We earned $7 billion in the first quarter plus after tax and credit's in great shape and we'll keep driving earnings growth. What, what is the outlook for deposits? I'd say the outlook for deposits now is, is you're seeing the H8 data and we don't look like it's down a, a little bit from the year end, maybe a percent or two. What we're in now is this position that happens every year in the first quarter, which is people pay their taxes, people get their year end bonuses. So we'll see it settle out. But they're performing exactly as we thought they would, given our NI projections for the first quarter, 14, 14.4 billion. So it's ex happening exactly the way we thought it would, uh, you know, without much variation in terms of rate paid or balances. And, and so we'll see it play out. But, you know, think about longer term. You got to back up. We did a million new checking accounts last year, 100,000 plus pro uh, banking products into our wealth management business. Mm. That's where the long term value of our franchise is growing that core deposit base. In the ebbs and flows of what's going on will happen. But long term, that's what provides value. And that's why we grew deposits all during last Fed tightening cycle. What we didn't have was 
the extra stimulus and stuff, and that's moving around people's accounts. We'll see where it settles in. But the underlying business is strong. And, and digital, too, has been a differentiator. Do, do you feel like you've gotten credit for spending, I think, more than some of your competitors over the previous years, and you're ramping that up even more? The credit for that's actually an operating leverage, which is counterintuitive. But the way you generate... Uh, efficiency and effectiveness in a company is you engineer out work. And digital is a fast way to engineer out work, both our teammates working with each other and our customers. And so we've been engineering out work. So in 2010, when the manager team and I started together, we had 285,000 people, we went to 305,000 people, reached a low of 205,000 people, we're up to about 215,000, 217,000 people now, managing that back down. But that's all by a digital enablement throughout the franchise and customer digital enablement. So 85% of Wealth management customers are now digitally interacting with us. Uh, Seventy-some percent of our consumer uh, uh, customers, half our di sales are digital. You know, more Zelle transfers out mm. than checks written. These are major changes, but they're they just happen consistently. You know, yeah. and, and so the idea is. Everybody says, oh, it's going to change immediately. It just takes time, and it takes continuous investment, like you said. So we've invested billions of dollars in these platforms. Erica, 18 million users. You're all the discussion about ChatBT, GPT. Yeah. Erica is an artificial intelligence, natural language processing. We don't know Erica. We know ChatGPT. Well, 18 million people are using ours a billion times so far, so there's a lot of people using it. Finally, Brian, we did get the stress test scenarios out, and there are a lot of questions, obviously 10% unemployment, and, and how do you expect to differentiate yourself there, and how do you think about buybacks in the context of what we learned? So the stress has come up every year. We've always been, I think, all, every year except for one, the lowest loss content from the portfolios uh, by the stress test, and that's how we built the company under responsible growth. The 10% employment's not changed, it, and so, Four, three or four years ago, there was a decision made that the debate was to use, you know, 5% raise, i.e. from 3.5% to 8.5% employment, or to go the nominal amount, 10% it was, in the, and they've left it there. So that, that's not a new difference. The GDP is a change. And so we'll run through our models. They'll run through the models and we'll come out. But the reality is, well, we, we should fare better because the, the way we run the credit side of the book and the market uh, book and the uh, things like that, and, we, and we've done that. Now, leave that aside. Our capital required level now is 10.4. Mm. It moves to 10.9 at the beginning of next year. We're at 11.2. We maintain a 50 basis points, a half a percent buffer over the capital minimums. So we're buying stock back at all times, and we bought stock back last quarter and buying it back this But you don't quarter. expect the, the stress test to interfere with that? It, last year, it went up 90 basis points. We slowed down buybacks, and we picked, then we started them in again. And that it may change. If we have higher capital requirements, we'll wait and see. But we'll play that out. In the grand scheme of things, you know, we've got more capital than we need. The industry has well capitalized. They've done a great job. We don't need incremental capital in this industry, and not be, because the benefits of that are offset by economic growth. Uh, what do we need to do? We need to support the economic growth of the United States and, and help the, this country do what it can do. Well, I know you made some headlines on the buyback remarks in your presentation. Still going. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time here today. Thank you. Brian Moynihan, CEO of Bank of America. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge, 
and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.